Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. focus back to the fact that like your hands feel safe learning that like your body is a resource as well so like yeah your heart is racing but your body at the same time is a resource and so where does your body feel safe can you connect those things hi guys and welcome back to uni therapy podcast i am your host kat and today we are going into the depths of that thing that we all probably have or had at some point, but we might not have known it until all of a sudden everybody's talking about it these days. Dun, 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 dun. Anxiety. Anxiety. It is the thing that I didn't know was really my life until I was 22 and I was sitting in the classroom learning about anxiety and I'm like, oh, so like the way my mind works isn't normal. This isn't the way we're supposed to be. Something's not right. Okay. This all makes sense now. Today, me and my friend Megan, which this is the last episode Megan actually co-hosts with me, so it's like kind of bittersweet, but um, we go into what what anxiety is and what it, how it affects us and how to kind of heal and find some help with it. And again, these are starting conversations. So if this is hitting you and you're like, oh, whoa, you're like me when I was in school being like, oh, I, I have that then I really suggest you guys reaching out and getting some help around this. We cover in some of our Q&A episodes how to get help and find a therapist. And so if that seems like something that's hard or scary or you don't even know where to start, right? Like, how do I even start finding a therapist? Listen to those episodes and hopefully that will be helpful to you. I'm excited for you to hear this because it's been helpful for me in my life to learn about this topic as well. And as always, you can follow me on Instagram at at cat.defada. You can follow the podcast at at Therapy podcast. And you can join our self-love club, which is a 
newsletter I send out every Monday with the new episodes. You can sign up for that on our website at unitherapypodcast.com. I hope you guys enjoy this and get something out of it. And I also hope you have a wonderful rest of your week, whatever day of the week you're on, and hopefully be connecting with you guys somewhere on the interweb soon. Here's my conversation with Megan. Today, we have, I don't like, it's almost like a beginner's guide. Mm-hmm. Are we doing a beginner's guide sure. to anxiety? So um, I thought, we both thought it would be important to talk about um, just generally anxiety because one, it is the most common emotional um, disorder that there is. And I mean, it's all over social media. Everybody has anxiety. There's a lot of like memes and stuff about it. And at the same time, I don't know if people really get what it is, what's happening, how to help it. And that can be really serious. Mm-hmm. So we just want to take you through kind of all of those things. And um, I also put out a question on my Instagram about like, what do you want to know? So we're going to kind of explain overarching what anxiety is and all that stuff. And then at the end, if we haven't answered all those questions that I got, we're going to go through some of them and answer them kind of like on, on the fly. And thank you guys for sending the questions because there are some good ones. And, um, I really appreciate that. So that being said, I know in my experience, I have a lot of anxiety, high anxiety Mm -hmm. and have had it my whole life yet. Didn't realize I had it till I was 21, 22. Um, and Megan has her own experience with anxiety. Very much, because we're both seven wing six, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, we have a lot of fun and have a lot of anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think for me, and I, it took a while for me to piece it together, but I remember being like, wait, what? Not, I guess it was, I imagined that that was normal for me to feel that way, and there's really nothing to, I can do about it. I didn't think there was anything wrong with me. I just felt like everybody feels like this and everybody has these thoughts and everybody worries like this. Oh, I never thought that. Well, I guess so. I don't <laughs> I remember. I was like, this is unreal. Really? Yeah. Uh, I think it was so like, v- so visceral in my body all the time. Like, so, I mean that with anxiety it is so much like adrenaline. Um, that, yeah, I mean, I got really good at managing my anxiety with, you know, alcohol yeah. and downers yeah. and anything I could like do to like dampen it. Yeah. Um, and then that probably made it worse. Yeah. Because that's the thing. That's why yeah. I tell clients, even I'm like, you can, you know, go drink, I guess I wouldn't promote it, but it's like, it might work for like a little bit, but it's going to actually be worse mm-hmm. when you like start sobering up. Mm-hmm. Um, or like same thing if you're using different drugs, not as prescribed. Mm -hmm. So yes, which let's put the caveat now. Mm -hmm. So you guys know what you're getting into. If you struggle with anxiety or, you know, somebody who struggles with anxiety, this is also good for you to, it's so helpful to understand what's going on with somebody. So you don't judge them. Mm -hmm. And if somebody is doing the work to kind of manage or cope or heal some of their, their stuff around anxiety, it most likely is going to get a little bit worse before it's going to get oh, definitely. better. I mean, with anything, right? Mm-hmm. But especially this, because you have to like sit through the crap before it's, it's the coping that we're going to talk about is a longer term solution that will last longer, but takes longer to 
to work mm-hmm. and also takes more effort to yeah. implement. Like learning how to manage, and it's not even just manage. We were talking a little bit before we got on here. Like I really feel like I lived the majority of my life with an anxiety level of like an eight or a mm-hmm. nine. Um, and through a lot of my own healing work, I mean, it's like a three or four. I told Catherine I'd be like in the hospital with the panic attack if I still had that level of anxiety mm-hmm. mixed with this season of life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, it's not like it can get better if you're in it for the long haul. Yeah. Yeah. And one, okay. So we're going to go through this and talk about what it is and all that. What we're not going to do today is talk about all the different anxiety disorders. That would take a very long time. And also what I don't want this to be is like a way for you to self-diagnose, like go Mm -hmm. talk to somebody and they're going to help you through that more because sometimes you need to talk about your symptoms for somebody else to kind of like categorize them. Always, Um, always, always. sorry, always not therapy. (laughs) Yeah. So Um, go to therapy. Yeah. Go to therapy. Yeah. So we're talking to a professional around that. So we're not going to, um, and also don't Google it. Like go again, go talk to somebody. Um, so, um, we're going to talk about generally, but we're not going to go through all of those specific things. Maybe one day we'll do an episode on panic attacks or something like that. But, um, today we're just talking about anxiety as a whole. So, panic attacks though just an aside i can't tell you the number of people that come into my office after they've had a panic attack because Mm -hmm. it's like i'm fine especially athletes i'm fine i'm fine i'm fine i'm Um, not fine oh i went to the hospital because i thought i was having a heart attack and they said i had i have anxiety i had a panic attack but i thought everything was fine um Mm -hmm. and i i think i'm always like yeah glad you're here and like (laughs) Clearly, you have a lot of a lot of stuff going on inside. Fine. Yeah, yeah, that's not fine. Um, okay, so what is anxiety? I believe that. Well, I believe anxiety is misunderstood slash not understood. Like I think people will talk about it, but like gets kind of put in this box of de- depression and anxiety, anxiety and depression. And people can understand kind of depression. They know it's like, oh, you're sad and whatever, and they can kind of understand anxiety. Oh, they're they're nervous or whatever, but it's, it really is more than that. And so a more of a blanket kind of like definition ish of anxiety, it's the mind and body's reaction to stressful, dangerous, or unfamiliar situations. So it's like a sense of uneasiness, distress, or dread that you would feel before a significant event. Um, you can have just like situational anxiety and at the same time, you, it can be a certain level of suffering that, like, lasts for, I mean, periods of time. Like, you can have this chronic type of anxiety, which is, is very different. And so that chronic anxiety where you always feel this uneasiness, that's where it gets into this place where it can be super unhelpful and debilitating. And, and it gets in that space of, okay, you need some long-term mm-hmm. help, treatment, whatever. The shorter term, you also, I mean, we can also need help for that with situational. At the same time, there can be helpful anxiety as much as there can be unhelpful. And I'll speak for me of if I didn't have anxiety over when I was in school or even like a certain level of anxiety over this podcast or work or anything, I don't think I would, the things I would be doing would be as good because Anxiety is a form of fear, and fear helps us lean into the things that are important to us and we care about. And if I don't have anxiety over something, not to a debilitating level, but if I don't have some level of anxiety over some things, I'm not going to put effort into them. 
yeah, like it's really helpful to have anxiety around things you care about. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the biggest thing to begin, like even distinguishing between yourself. Like sometimes even me with me, I get into like, oh gosh, I can't believe I'm feeling anxious. And I have to be like, Megan, Hey, it's Mm -hmm. normal that you have this, like you have some like anxiety, you're feeling all these things in your body because you really care about this event. Mm -hmm. But then I also think about like, um, when I was playing golf, I mean, I, before Mm -hmm. every time before I played, I mean, the whole six hours I was playing like shortness of breath, Mm -hmm. so anxious, like felt like I was always on the verge of tears, just unbelievable anxiety. And it would be like, I would try to tell myself like, you're just hitting this little white ball around, Mm -hmm. but it was so much bigger than that because there was so much going on in my life that I was so afraid of. And then trying to like fix it through golf. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's like, okay, that level. And like, when you get into like having to use substances to manage your anxiety, that should be like a huge red Red flag flag. of like, this is not working, but I love how you're talking about like some level of anxiety is really helpful. Like if we didn't feel anxiety about crossing the street, like we wouldn't look both ways and use a crosswalk. Right. Right. And I think what you're saying is important too, because for some people, okay, so I'll use the example of me running, um, like your um, example of playing golf. When I would, in my eating disorder, when I, in exercise addiction, would run these races, I would get so much anxiety about around them. But it wasn't because I really, 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 I mean, I love running, but it wasn't because I love running and it was important to me. It was because I needed to get a certain time or place in the race so I would get this like admiration and affirmation to fix these other things in my life so that's where it's like okay yeah the anxiety to an extent did help me run faster but I didn't need that because when it comes down to it I don't really care how fast I run however when I'm in grad school and I have a big like case presentation coming up I have anxiety about doing a good job because I really wanted to learn and become a good therapist. Mm -hmm. And so that wasn't about me like fixing who I was. That was more about me becoming who I like truly want to be. And that was helpful because if I didn't care about the case presentations, I wouldn't have learned what I learned. And that's what you're saying. It's like the anxiety around golf, that wasn't making you a better golfer because you wanted to be a better golfer. It was making me so much worse. And like, people are like, I don't understand. You know, everybody seems to love golf. Maybe not our listeners, but (laughs) I don't understand how you like, don't just love it. It's amazing. Whatever. I'm like, look, I was not playing golf. Like play play golf. I was trying to shoot a score that told me that I belonged, that I was lovable, Mm -hmm. that I mattered, that I was worthy. And I'm like, have you ever tried to swing a club? Like when you're trying to swing, like to earn your worth, like it's really hard, which is sort of like what you're saying about running. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then we have all that going on, which is where the therapy comes in because no pill. And I'm not like for or against medicine. I'm just Mm -hmm. saying no pill is going to solve the fact that I didn't think I was worthy or lovable. Yes. And as much as like my anxiety around school was helpful at times, I think a lot of you listening will probably relate to the fact it can be really harmful too, because if we're using school to gain that affirmation and belonging by getting certain grades in order to feel loved, it's the same thing. So Mm -hmm. I think you always have to ask yourself like, why do I care about this? So it can be helpful if that's in a space that, um, is rooted in like truth and knowing your value. Um, so I know a lot of people were asking like, how is like, what's the difference between good anxiety and bad anxiety? And 
Um, that's kind of that in a nutshell. So yeah. like a good check-in question is like, is this anxiety or what I'm feeling in my body, like helping me to like plan and prepare. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if it is, it's like, awesome, great. But then if it's like way too far, then we've gone into the mm-hmm. like not helpful. Yeah. And, and ask yourself too, when, if, when thinking about your own anxiety, um, what is it either taking from you or giving to you? Mm-hmm. So anxiety can like keep us from doing the things that we actually want to do with our lives. Like it can prevent you from doing things that you actually enjoy also can prevent you from doing very mundane things like crossing the street, Mm -hmm. getting in the elevator, leaving your house, like all of these things. Getting out of your bed. Yeah. And so, um, I, I think a really good question to ask is what is this, is this helping me do something or is this making it impossible for me to think I can do something? And, also, I thought this was interesting, and I think I have feelings about this. Women are more likely than men to be diagnosed with an anxiety disorder. However, I don't think we have it more than men. I just think men aren't talking about yeah, it. I'm telling you, like, there are some men that I'm like, that person has so much anxiety, but like we're naming it, and these are not people in my office. These are just people in my life. But we call it, with men, we call it all these different things. Mm-hmm. Um Versus, yeah, women are so quick to go or be diagnosed as anxiety. And men, it's like, oh, he's just this or that. And a lot of times men's anger, men's anxiety can come out as anger, mm-hmm. um, which makes sense because rage, rage. is it's like fear. the impaired version of fear. Mm-hmm. And people are always like, no, rage is anger. And I'm like, yeah, it has some anger in it, but it really is more fear-based. Mm-hmm. Totally. Uh, okay, so... Also had a lot of questions, which we're going to answer this anyway, about what is going on inside of our body when Mm -hmm. we have anxiety. Like, I want to know, like, what is firing up in there? And basically, I think I said this already, but this is your body's natural go-to response to stress. So what is actually going on inside of you, so your threat defense system kind of gets activated, which is that fight, flight, freeze situation. Um, And so what's happening inside of your body, whether it's at one time super, super concentrated or it's more like stable throughout, is that a flood of chemicals and hormones, adrenaline, cortisol, all those stress hormones are coming into your system. Now, your threat defense system, like that fight, flight, or freeze, is actually created to help you. Mm -hmm. But this becomes a problem because if it prolongs or if it's getting activated when like there's actually not a threat, then it kind of like screws up that whole like wiring for you because most of the time that's helping you like prepare to respond to a situation that is dangerous. Mm -hmm. But generally getting into an elevator isn't dangerous. And so it's kind of triggering those, like it's matching up and marrying like fearful things that aren't actually scary. Um, Which, yeah, I think, I had a therapist one time tell me that my, I was addicted to my anxiety mm. and I was like, wanted to rage at her I'd internally. Like, you don't understand. Yeah. What do you mean? I don't, this is not fun to be addicted to, but I think she was really on to something because I don't, it wasn't a choice. I was not like yeah. choosing to be addicted to my anxiety. Um, but also because so much, yeah, because of all the stuff you're talking about, like your heart rate's going up, you're super on alert, all of these things. It's it, anxiety is very stimulating. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there have been times in my life where I've 
like not had so much anxiety. I'm like, I'm a little bored. Well, uh, think about like <laughs> adrenaline. Yeah. So yeah. adrenaline is like that. I mean, you went skydiving. You like that kind of stuff. Yeah. When you have anxiety, your body's kind of creating and putting out more adrenaline. I'm the same way. I'm like, I'm bored. It's really like, no, I'm just not anxious. <laughs> yeah. And that is like the cool thing about our bodies and just like how we are wired. Like, even though it doesn't feel good to be addicted to anxiety or have a lot of anxiety. In some ways it is your body helping you stay alert, stimulated, all these things. It's just like you have a light, like light, a light is great. But like, if you're trying to go to sleep, you want to be able to turn the light off. Mm -hmm. And so similarly, it's like anxiety can be helpful in some situations, but if you can't ever turn the switch off, not that it's that simple, then it's really debilitating. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And also, we're going to talk about what it actually feels like, but the important thing to remember is that it can feel very different depending on who you are. So oh, yeah. it's not a one size fits all. My anxiety looks different than Megan's. Like the person next, it's all, it can look different. I mean, there's general things that happen, but I don't want you to, to think, well, my anxiety doesn't look like theirs, so I probably don't have it or it's not as bad or it gets to look very different because anxiety can feel like butterflies in your stomach and then it can feel like you're going to throw up. It's, it can be nauseous or it doesn't mean that one is worse than the other or one deserves attention and one doesn't. And similarly, like to how people present on the outside, like sometimes people will look at people and say, or even me, like, oh, you don't look anxious because we have this idea that I guess an anxious person is like jittery mm-hmm. and flighty and all this stuff. But, but even, you freeze though. Yeah. Cause I, I like fight, flight or freeze. I'm a, I will go toward the freeze thing, which means it's like, it's all trapped inside. And so even other symptoms, just because somebody doesn't look anxious. I, I mean, we talk about that all mm-hmm. the time, just cause somebody doesn't look like they have an eating disorder or look like this or that doesn't mean they aren't suffering. Because sometimes anxiety can really look like not being able to sleep or Mm -hmm. not being able to concentrate. It's so hard to concentrate when you have anxiety because you're always thinking about everything except what you're actually doing. When somebody can have, because anxiety and other, these, we're talking about general symptoms, but an increased heart rate, you can sit here and have, I can be, my heart could be pounding. You can't see it. Right. Like. And some people will react to that being like, my heart is racing. And some people will be like, how do I get this to stop inside of their head? Mm-hmm. So those are just some general overarching symptoms like heart rate, breathe, rapid breathing, restlessness, um, trouble concentrating, the difficulty falling asleep. And then now we're going to look at those the effects that actually happen to the body, which I think a lot of you were wondering. So... Let's go, we'll go system by system. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we think this is all just in our head and it's just affecting the way we think, but anxiety actually affects the whole body. And, and that's, again, mental health affects your whole body. And I think a lot of times that gets misconstrued or they're just sad or they're just this, or I'm like, no, but it actually affects every single part of your body and like a healthy mind and like thinking process and thought process has so much impact in the way that the rest of your body functions. And so when we go to a doctor and we present with certain um, symptoms in our body, a lot of times they will, good doctors, which my doctor who retired, I'm so sad, will refer you to a therapist mm-hmm. before they give you medication, not because they don't want to help you, but because let's say you're, um, uh, what is the word? What's the word for 
your stomach pain. Yeah, yes, like your stomach. Pain. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, like your stomach pain or like all of that could be associated. Yeah, maybe there's something going on with your stomach, but also like what's going on in your life right now. I remember I went to the doctor. I think I was in grad school, and I was just I had presented with more symptoms of. I think at that time, like depression, but I didn't know that like I also had anxiety and she gave me a therapist card and she said, go see this Heck therapist. Yeah. I know. And I was like, Ugh. at that point I really just wanted to like, get it over with. And I didn't really understand all this stuff, yeah, just but I was like, like okay, I wanted so a prescription I, for yes, Xanax yes. and you're giving me one for a therapist. Yes. I was like, <laughs> you were making me do more work. It ended up being great. And so I went to this therapist and it really, I mean, my, all of that stuff shifted after I did some work and like I never had to go on medication mm-hmm. now did it shift in like one or two sessions cat totally yeah yeah, yeah. that's yeah. how if you don't get better in like the first session you probably should see a different therapist <laughs> Just this kidding. is sarcasm <laughs> this is definitely sarc- no it was and actually like I think I saw her for maybe six months and then I had to see somebody else and things slowly started but I think to shift but I think that I felt very empowered in the sense that, oh, there's actually not something wrong with the way my body's working. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so let's go system by system. So central nervous system. Uh, long-term anxiety and panic attacks can cause your brain, again, to re- release the stress hormones on a regular basis. So think about how your body was created to be and to, created to work. Well, it's going to release the stress hormones when they're needed. When you have long-term anxiety, then your body gets used to always releasing them. And so then that kind of messes up the system. And this will, I mean, this can create tons of symptoms, some of them being headaches, dizziness, and depression, because you're getting these hormones when you actually don't need them. And it's kind of, it's getting in the way of what your body actually needs to be putting out or taking in. It just messes up the system and how Mm. it's supposed to work. Any thoughts? Sounds like you covered it there. (laughs) Yeah. And then, like, we have cardiovascular system. So uh, this is probably the one that's most common, like people having an increased heart rate, heart palpitations, chest pain. Um, I know even, like, with panic attacks, people almost always talk about chest pain. I feel like I'm having um, a heart attack. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's going on there. And, you know, I'll ask clients a lot. I'll watch, like, their chest to see how they're breathing, Mm -hmm. but also you can tell a lot about heart rate and I'm like, are you breathing right now? And they're like, no, I'm so anxious. So even there, it's like being aware that that's happening and coming back to noticing like, how are you breathing? Like slowing down, Mm. um, that sort of thing. And honestly, I've had, and you said this already, so many clients being like, I went to the hospital thinking I was having a heart attack Mm -hmm. and that can long-term untreated anxiety can actually cause heart issues. And so anxiety, yeah, it, we can laugh about it and like make some jokes about how like we all have anxiety, blah, blah, blah. But if you really do have anxiety, like if you don't take care of it, it can actually create issues that you wouldn't have otherwise. Yeah. And we're not trying to give you anxiety about your anxiety. Anxiety. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Are we just, (laughs) just encouraging like, this is, I mean, I always picture like a, um, almost like a wire that's burned or something like that with anxiety. It's like you've, uh, you get to this, you're like running your system on overdrive yeah. like s- for so much, um, that it just like is eventually going to burn out mm-hmm. at some rate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then we'll go to, so this is, I feel like one of the 
the biggest of digestive digestive system. Say that it, you say that digestive digestive system. system. It's a lot of like anyway. Um, so like stomach aches, nausea, diarrhea, all those digestive issues. Yes. I mean, this is kind of might feel like uncomfortable for you to hear, but your anxiety can like make you go to the bathroom more. Mm-hmm. And I definitely believe this. And it is also said in research that IBS is a lot of times caused by anxiety. And mm-hmm. IBS is a very debilitating dis- disorder. What would you call it? Yeah, I mean, it really... It's debilitating to live with. Yeah. And in the same realm, autoimmune disorders, I think um, I have somebody close to me that has, I'm sure we all do, have people close to us have autoimmune. And it's like the doctors tell them like, oh, it's because... It's because, like, you know, stress makes it worse. Mm -hmm. And even in that, I'm like, gosh, I wish they could just say a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Because, sure, like, yes, everyday stress of, like, work and life and whatever... Is, does make it worse. But the part they're really missing is it's really probably more relational difficulties. And I mean relational with other people and relationship with yourself. Mm-hmm. That's actually what they're trying to say when they say stress versus like I have a lot of tasks to do. Mm-hmm. And that's really where the therapy comes in is like I've seen people with, you know, different things try to like fix their schedule and do this and do that, which is great. But then a lot of the stress they're carrying in their body has a lot more to do with relationship. Right. Because I mean, we've said this so many times, but your feelings don't go away. If you hide them, they just Mm -hmm. get put in the wrong places. And this is a perfect example of your feelings just get shoved in the wrong places. So Mm -hmm. yeah, maybe nobody knows that you're at war with yourself and your identity, but okay. Your body knows. Your body knows. And now you have (laughs) IBS or now you have hives or now you have this. Or now you have that. And that's actually what is going on. Think about the war with yourself as energy. And if you're trying to hide that, that energy is spiraling somewhere. And those are those hormones. Those hormones are spiraling somewhere in places that they're not supposed to be. I love, love, love that you say that. Because, yeah, I wish, I guess I wish if I have any doctors out there that work with autoimmune instead of telling people that it's stress, maybe like talk about more of like, yeah, the war with yourself or like, Hey, you don't have any boundaries. And Mm -hmm. that actually is very stressful and creates a war and causes you to be sick. Like our bodies are so smart that they don't let us just get away with this stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh Yes. So I do want to say this just around like your actual immune system. Cause I think this one was more surprising when I was learning about it, that Anxiety actually weakens our ability to, I mean, in all of these areas, mm-hmm. but like generally weakens our ability to take care of ourselves, which I mean, in the, what we're in now, it's all the immune compromised yeah. um, individuals out there. Like this is making it worse, like with coronavirus. But now I feel like I'm like kind of beating a dead horse, but saying Feeding this again. Feeding a fed horse, cat, PETA. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> what? Yeah, you beating a fed horse. It's abusive to <gasps> oh, animals. To okay, say sorry. Beating I've never a dead heard. Horse. Wait, actually, I've, this is a good example. I'm sorry, I just jumped on you. We've never. Um, yeah, so feeding um, a fed horse. You, there is a list if you want to laugh like so much. I will send it to you. Of like, Peta has rearranged things. So instead of killing a, two birds with one stone, it's feeding, feeding two birds with one scone. <laughs> Wait, but also like that is very kind. Yeah. I kind of like the feeding of fed horse, but yeah. like that's not a bad. That also reframes it as like it's not a bad thing, unless yeah. your doesn't need to be. I don't you're know. Just like anyway. So okay, okay so I'm gonna so feed we're this feeding, fed horse. Feeding a fed horse. Here. So in 
normal functioning, when your body goes into this threat response, it is very helpful and it helps your body respond appropriately. Now, normally when that happens, your even your immune system can get a little bit of a boost as your ex what's the ex I want to say exporting expediting I don't know when you're giving off more more of these hormones Mm -hmm. so that's like with normal stress and anxiety now normal stress and anxiety after that event or whatever is over you go back to normal functioning when you have repeated or chronic anxiety your body never gets that signal to go back to normal this is actually going to weaken your immune system which is going to because your immune system is on overdrive. Yeah. So it doesn't even have time to it work. It doesn't have time to relax or rebuild or do anything. And so you're actually going to become more vulnerable to, I mean, coronavirus or just in general, mm-hmm. like being sick or illnesses. And so, um, oh, and like vaccines, getting vaccines won't work. Mm-hmm. So as well. What? As well. Vaccines won't oh, work as, as well. well. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. Again, I'm not trying to give you anxiety over your anxiety, <sighs> but I think that if also to look at like, If I'm somebody who is actually gets sick very easily Mm -hmm. and often I would want you to look at like, do I live in a state of like, maybe this like baseline fear that I think is manageable. You might not know that that's not normal. Mm -hmm. I think that's maybe an experience that I had. I didn't know this like fear or this level of worry or stress wasn't normal. And until I realized that like, oh, this is causing issues in my life and we don't I, we don't look at I don't think the general population looks at some of these issues we just talked about with heart problems um the digestive issues and like immune system as symptoms of an anxiety disorder yeah and I hear people all the time say like kind of what you're saying like I didn't know I had anxiety and actually when I found out that I did that there was a name for everything I was experiencing it brought a lot of relief mm-hmm. because then it's like, Oh, this is what's going on. And actually there is, uh, there are solutions and things you can do to make it better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then do you want to talk about the last one? Yeah. And I mean, I love, I think my favorite part about talking about anxiety is not just the symptom. Like when we talk about respiratory system, but they're like symptoms being shortness of breath, um, rapid breathing, shallow breathing, you know, it can cause a lot of problems even there. And I, I think that's my favorite place to talk about the breathing because that is where I found the most healing. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember when I was playing golf, I, everybody says breathe, like, because mm-hmm. you do have this short, shallow breath. I mean, mm-hmm. you can see it. I know you probably look for mm-hmm. it too when I'm, when you're with a client, cause I'm watching how they're breathing. Um, but when I was playing golf, I would always breathe like, <gasps> And actually that puts your body into like more of a fight or flight response because you're forcing so much air into your lungs. Um, And I'm like, gosh, if somebody, I feel anxious now after just doing that. If somebody would have told me sooner, like taught me box breathing, which we'll get into, Mm -hmm. but essentially is like counting three breath, three seconds in holding for three seconds, three seconds out or whatever you want to do in terms of the time, it would have spared me so much like mm-hmm. um, struggle and stress mm-hmm. and pain. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think that generally my perception is that people can attach that like, yeah, your breathing has to do with anxiety. But what you're saying is like when people are like, breathe, 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 that's not that helpful. 
Yeah, breathe in a, in a certain type of way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so there's kind of like going through the body. Now we get to talk about the fun part, which is hopefully if you're listening to this, I know a lot of people ask for like, I need coping strategies. Again, mm-hmm. I want to reiterate that these strategies are strategies that work the best. Mm-hmm. These are the the best tools to help manage and cope. And hey, it may, may not make your anxiety disappear, but it will help you cope with it. They are not going to work a lot of times the first time perfectly. Definitely not. And they aren't going to be quick fixes. But again, these are long-term solutions. Mm-hmm. Um, so one, always awareness. So like recognizing that you have anxiety and that the feelings you're having aren't normal and you shouldn't have to live with. I think that's the first thing. So identifying that you have it. And then also maybe looking at very, which is very helpful. Looking at when do you feel like it starts? When do you feel like, what do you think it comes up around? Like what, what are your triggers? So that can be, that's different for everybody. So I'm not going to list a bunch of triggers, but, um, like take some time to notice like, and sometimes it's hard because we don't really want to bring attention to the anxiety, but we don't want to bring so much attention that it just continues to grow and grow and grow. Mm -hmm. But what can you do a check-in with yourself when you wake up? Like, where are you at? One to 10. What's it like? Then when you're at work, what's it like Mm -hmm. after work, you know, like start doing these check-ins of like, What's happening for me? And mm-hmm. maybe even for a week, write it down so you can see if there's a pattern. Yeah. Yes. And this is also something I would recommend doing with a therapist because they Always. can, I will say like therapists can really help you see things that you wouldn't see yourself. Even if you were working through some anxiety workbook on your own, doing some self-help, it is, we just ask questions that normally wouldn't be asked and sit with you and allow you to struggle and think through it. And so if you have found that you have anxiety and you're like, I don't know what my triggers are, or I want to learn about when this comes up, talk to somebody. And just the, if we even go back to attachment, which we've talked about in so many other episodes, the therapist, like there are so many studies and different things that if you're sitting within, you know, I don't know how many feet, but in the same room as somebody who's, who isn't having anxiety, who's grounded and regulated, like you, your system can actually adapt to theirs. Mm -hmm. And so it's not just like, I mean, anxiety workbooks and books and podcasts and all this stuff is so helpful and like nothing can quite match like what it's like to actually go and sit with somebody who can be with you, be present Mm -hmm. with you, help you regulate, help you breathe, help Mm -hmm. you do all these things. Yeah. So I would like... I want you to go through, can you explain the square breathing? Cause that is something that in my world was like, Oh man. Yeah. I still have anxiety from the deep breath that I just took a few minutes ago. Um, <laughs> do you need to do some square breathing? Probably. Um, because yeah, so much people in good, like good spirits and trying to be helpful say like, Oh, you just need to breathe. You just need to breathe. And it's like, Yes, you do need to breathe, but like in certain ways, mm-hmm. I always think about, you know, I feel like on movies and stuff, you see the person breathing into the paper bag mm-hmm. and I'm like, Oh, I don't think that's so much about the bag as it is that it keeps people from taking like a huge deep breath. breath. Um, and so square breathing, there's all different types of ways to do it. I think one of the most popular is like five, seven, five. So you're breathing in counting to five, holding for like seven and then breathing out, counting five. I that don't work do for that. me. Oh, yeah. no. That feels like 
so many numbers. So it's much also time. like holding my breath for too long. Yeah. So I I personally just do like three 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 because it's easy. And I was taught four, four, four. Okay. So yeah, you can find, and that's great. Like also knowing your own body, Mm -hmm. like this is not like, here's the prescription of like four, 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 or three, 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 or five, 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 Mm -hmm. you know, whatever, or five, seven, five. Um, so you can play around with it. I think the biggest thing is that you're like counting, breathing in slowly, um, and then holding and then breathing out in a way that like feels repetitive. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I'm telling people. Like when we're working on healing anxiety, it's, you would not do anything that you wouldn't do with a baby, like to self soothe mm-hmm. a baby. So we want predictable, consistent patterns, kind mm-hmm. patterns whenever we're doing anything. So even in your breathing, it's like three or four breaths mm-hmm. in as you count, hold three or four breaths out as you count, like being kind, like thinking yeah. about what it would be like if you were doing that with a child. Yeah. And I think that one of the most eye-opening experiences I had about how much your breath um, affects the rest of the, your fu- the functioning of your body is when I was training as an adventure therapist, mm. um, when I worked at a treatment center, I we had to do this thing called the leap of faith, which a lot of you have um, seen it or know. It also is called the quantum leap. Basically, when you you climb up, you get harnessed in, but you climb up this really tall telephone pole, and then at the top, there's like a a one square foot, um, block that you have to stand up on and then you, you jump off and it's very high. Well, the telephone pole will, will kind of move a little bit as you're climbing. It's like not as steady as you would want it to be. And so the pole shakes and like you also are shaking because of the anxiety, your whole body is shaking and you'll notice like that people stop breathing or they are breathing really, really like fast. And what happened and what as a therapist, one of the main things I did to get them up to the top is just to like sit with them and talk very kindly and slow and calm and remind them to breathe. So Mm -hmm. like breathe. And then I would like breathe with them and it was insane. So the pole could be like, I wish you guys could see a video, but the pole could be like shaking back and forth, like crazy, like shaking. It would look like there was like rapid, like wind. And as soon as they would come to a place where they would kind of like have this steady breath, the pole would just stop Hmm. and their bodies think about when you get nervous, my hands will start to shake. Mm -hmm. Well, their legs and their arms and everything would start to shake. And when they would bring that breath in, like everything got still. And that is just like such a perfect picture of how much your breath is controlling how all of these other functions in your body are working. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it was insane. We should do like, you need therapy group Um, leap of faith. Yeah. That would be so fun. And I love when you're mentioning that story, you're talking about you were with them, you were helping them breathe. Mm -hmm. Like if you cannot do this stuff on your own, like no shit, you know, because (laughs) if you could do it on your own, you you would. would. And so I also just want to like, as a message of kindness, say like, we're telling you all these things that you can do. And in some ways, like I believe in you and believe that you can implement some of these into your life. But again, it comes back to like, we need therapy, but we also need relationship and people that are kind that can help us Mm -hmm. start to do this again. Like we wouldn't, hopefully we wouldn't yell and punish a child who doesn't know how to like self soothe. Mm -hmm. We would ideally teach them in a kind way. So Mm -hmm. like, I just like how your, your voice got softer cat. Like Mm -hmm. you were slower. Like I could just feel the empathy and compassion 
like in your voice as you're like talking to this other person, which is like the point of therapy that you could get that from a therapist. And then you could learn to internalize that voice for yourself. So then you can talk to yourself like Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. And so that's one, that's one coping. I do want to say that we're going to say, talk about like a couple. Don't just pick one. Like you're going to need multiple. So breathing is one thing, but Mm -hmm. I don't want you to stop at breathing. There's other things. And most of these things involve other humans, which I'm glad you Mm -hmm. did say that. Do you want to keep going through these? Yeah. Um, I think even like the next one that I'll go to is yoga. Mm -hmm. Um, and part of it is like, again, I had to learn in my own journey when I would be really anxious. The first thing I would do is go like, try to go running or go to CrossFit or do something like that. There's nothing wrong with any of those things, except for the fact that they like, increase the adrenaline in your body. Mm -hmm. And so you're trying to decrease the, like calm your system down and then you're going to go running, Mm -hmm. um, which does the exact opposite. Mm -hmm. And I know running can be soothing for people and that sort of thing. But, um, when I think about something that might be more helpful when you're in the midst of anxiety, it's like, yeah, can you go to yoga? Can you go to like a gentle flow, not Mm -hmm. like this power flow, Mm -hmm. even though that's still helpful because you are practicing your breath there. Mm -hmm. Um, there's also like trauma sensitive yoga for people Mm -hmm. who have had a lot of trauma and I've had clients really love that. Um, and so I would say yoga has been a big part of my own practice and specifically slow, kind yoga. I also love some power yoga. I mm-hmm. love to like work out hard. Um, but when we're thinking about ways to calm the system and even in this pandemic, I've done so much yoga from home and mm-hmm. I used to not like yoga from home, but I've gotten really into it. So mm-hmm. in those times, can you put on some sort of video on YouTube and do some yoga? And I hear all the time, like, I hate yoga. It's so boring. It's so this. But what you're doing, again, you <laughs> yeah. are training your body to be able to slow down. You are tra- So at first, you might hate it. Of and, course you're going to hate yeah, it. Yeah. And so you're training your body to slow down. And that is a good thing. It's Yoga is one of the top like coping mechanisms for anxiety, not because it doesn't work. And I, I want to speak to... Because exercise, I mean, exercise in general is a coping strategy. Mm-hmm. You have to... We say exercise, I really want to say movement, but we say that because it's not one thing. Mm -hmm. And yes, running. For me, running is very helpful because I am at a place where I can go run and I don't, my body doesn't produce as much adrenaline when I run because it is like meditation. Running is a bilateral stimulation. Mm -hmm. I can get in a groove. You're listening to a podcast. Yeah, listening to a podcast. (laughs) Or like, yeah, and it is a type of form of meditation for me. I'm not like sprinting. I, my heart rate doesn't get as, which I um, looked the other day because I started wearing my Apple Watch again. And I was like, I want to see the difference between like when I run and like when I do like a hit workout or something. And it's like my heart rate is lower when I'm running, hmm. but that works for me. I would yeah. never suggest somebody who doesn't run to like when you're anxious, go running. Like, no, <laughs> that's going to shoot them through the roof. <laughs> yeah. So again, like exercise, but an exercise that kind of more is like a meditation experience for you. Mm-hmm. Speaking of also guided imagery and, and meditation. So if you can't go to a therapist every time you're anxious, like there are so many apps on your phone from, you can do a five minute meditation, an hour meditation, mm-hmm. that stuff to, I mean, speaking from me, I hate it. And like, I, I can't say that it doesn't work. 
Yeah, but there ha- I can think of this one time specifically. I don't know. I do lay on my floor a lot. I'm like, people get on me because I really believe against um, wearing shoes in the house. But I think it's because I love to lay on the floor so much. So, And because I need everything to be so clean, yeah. as we've mentioned. Um, but I remember this one time specifically. I like was having so much anxiety. I laid on my floor. I put a weighted blanket on top of me mm-hmm. and I like found on YouTube, like a, uh, just a guided inner child meditation. Mm-hmm. I think I literally was just YouTubing like, um, meditation for anxiety mm-hmm. or something, or maybe for inner child. And I just laid there with my blanket and did this like YouTube thing. And mm-hmm. I don't know if it helped, but I think so. I think you it know? probably did help. Um, yeah, yeah I, it definitely helped. It was definitely more helpful than like spinning around in anxiety. That makes me think of, this is so long ago, but my, one of my friends, my best friend got, one of my best friends from college who got married, probably so long ago, but I went to her, she was at elementary, she is an elementary school teacher and I went to her school and did this guided imagery for kids and the, the metaphor was like floating on a cloud and like her kids were, I think they had like a lot of, um, some of them had behavioral issues. They just were rowdy kids and so anyway, I went to, I think I might have done that the week of her wedding. And then the morning of her wedding, she like was anxious and like kind of as, as it happens mm-hmm. the day of your wedding. And she was like, Catherine, can we go lay on the cloud? And like we went upstairs <laughs> in like her bedroom when I put the thing on and we laid there and like it helped. And yeah, like, that's amazing. Yes, it helps. And I think just guided imagery. I just, I love it when you can't go to a place that's more calming, like you can create it. And so there are some really great apps, the Calm app, Headspace. I think that the one of those apps is free right now hmm. because of the pandemic. And then the last one will say sleep hygiene. Your body needs sleep. Your body needs to rest. That is a need that your body has. And it is, I talked about this on Instagram the other day, productive for you to not be productive all of the time. Amen. And sleep is going to be your friend. So if you're like, I can survive off of four hours of sleep, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. But and really, like, are you surviving or are you, like, living your life? Because I don't want you to be surviving your whole life. Mm-hmm. And I understand for so many people, sleep can be, especially if you're anxious, can also be a really difficult thing. Yeah. For me, I've always been able to just sleep so much because my anxiety wears me out and then I'm just so tired. Um, but I also have a lot of empathy and compassion for people who do have a hard time yeah. sleeping. And so there are a lot of things that you can also learn to help sleep, mm-hmm. help your sleep get better and get mm-hmm. easier, which we don't, we're not going to go into, but know that that's well, you can name a couple available. I know- no, I want to know what you do, what you suggest, because I, um, when my anxiety gets worse based on like situations I'm, or like life events, I like literally cannot sleep. Mm-hmm. And so something that actually helped so much was one, a sound machine, but also putting lavender on my feet. I really wow. don't understand that. I, I will just go out and say, I don't really know a lot of the, the stuff behind all of these essential oils. I just know that they work and yeah. lavender on my, I don't know what it is about my foot. Huh. It might just be really soothing for you too. I like, yeah, I think that's the other thing, but doing it, I, I will put like a cooling face mask on before I go to bed. Mm-hmm. I will put a cool, like a calming sound machine sound on and I'll put lavender on my feet and then it is very helpful. Yeah. I, I think like those are awesome suggestions. I think the other one is like, um, if you are like tossing and turning in your bed, get 
get out of your bed Mm -hmm. um, and go somewhere else for a little bit and come back and try again so that your bed still continues to be like this place where Mm -hmm. you believe you can sleep. I really personally, what works for me is the confidence method. I'm basically like, I'm a great sleeper. I know I can go to sleep. The other day I was having anxiety about like, I wonder if I'm not going to be able to sleep before the wedding. And I just kind of came back to like, Megan, you're a great sleeper. You've always been able to sleep. And so it's like really also believing like this is going to go well for you. And then, yeah, like if you doing soothing things, whether that's oils or sound machine or a shower before you go to bed Mm -hmm. or, you know, making your bed like a really happy place Mm -hmm. and having nice sheets and all that Mm -hmm. stuff. Um, The only other thing I was going to add in terms of like healing and things that can help with anxiety is somatic work. Mm -hmm. And all somatic means is body, like you're focusing on the body. Um, And I think Catherine and I were talking about that before we jumped on here, but that has been the most helpful thing for me with healing my like anxiety is working with a somatic therapist. So you can also ask like, Hey, do you do this to Mm -hmm. your therapist? And what that is, and most people are so resistant to it is a lot of like noticing what's happening in your body. So like I'll go to an entire session and all we'll do really is like, what do you notice in your body? Like, um, okay. Tightness in my chest. And then it's so interesting. I don't know Mm -hmm. if I've told you this, but Um, I've really had to learn through getting trained in somatic work that like you don't actually bring your focus to where the issue is. So if you feel tightness in your chest, we're not talking about the tightness in the chest. We're actually Mm -hmm. bringing the focus to like back to the breath or like parts of the body that do feel relaxed. Mm -hmm. And I remember the first thing they said is like, everybody always wants to go for the problem. Um, but really it's finding the parts of your body that are like calmer and more relaxed that bring the solution, not talking about the chest tightness. Yeah. And I will say what is, and here's the other thing. You might have a therapist that's doing this work and it's not like we're doing somatic work, yeah. but, but just knowing that a lot of the things that your body's doing in session, whether it's like you're shaking your foot or you're biting your nails or you're just like whatever you're doing, or you move, you move your hand a certain place. A lot of times that's because there's like safety in those parts of your body. So mm-hmm. Yeah, we want to know, like, where is the tightness in your chest? And, okay, can you bring your focus back to the fact that, like, your hands feel safe? And that's why you're, like, that's why your hands are clenched because, like, my hands feel really safe and this is protecting me. And so um, learning that, like, your body is a resource as well. So, Mm -hmm. like, yeah, your heart is racing, but your body at the same time is a resource. And so where does your body feel safe? Can you connect those things? And I I always have to say this because I think a lot of times – If you're not, I mean, I thought this when I went to um, my first training in somatics, I was like, this voodoo shit, like, this is weird, like, I don't, but then I'm like, and this freaking works, and you just have to sit in it, and you have to, like, go with it for a little bit, and question it, be a skeptic. Yeah, but we were talking about that before, like, it is weird for somebody to constantly be pointing out, like, hey, I notice, I'm noticing you're, you know, shaking your leg, or notice you're picking your nails, or, like... Yeah, and some of the stuff that you in noticing your body is so different than what our culture mm-hmm. says. Kind of like we were laughing about the question too of like how old do you feel in yeah. this moment? And as a client, even myself and people I work with, some people like get really frustrated with the question, but I think it's cuz it's so unfamiliar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um yeah. And that's why a lot, I don't know you, but when people are like I need to stop all the time I hear people being like I need to stop picking my nails. I need and I'm like do you, do you need to stop picking your nails? Cause you have no nails. Cause I will pick up my nails, but I don't feel like I need to stop, mm-hmm. but maybe for you, you just need to put something else in your hand. And because I don't, the, 
the fidgeting or what the whatever that is doesn't necessarily mean it's bad for me it's that helps keep me regulated and calm yeah like you don't notice we're not trying to get people it's I love that you're bringing that up again because like sometimes I'll say to somebody like, hey, I'm noticing your leg is moving. And what do you think they do? Stop. It's like, yeah, let it keep moving. That's allowing you to stay in the room. Automatically, they stop doing it. And I'm like, I'm just noticing you. Like, I'm not saying to keep doing it or to stop doing it. Like, let's just pay attention to what your body wants to do because it's telling us all of these Mm -hmm. things. And so, again, in all of this, like, I feel so strongly about like nothing is wrong with you or the Mm -hmm. way your body moves or the way things you're doing some of it might not be helpful um but we're not always trying to like change you like your body is doing what it's made to do and Mm -hmm. sometimes it's not helpful stuff and so we need to like find a way to make it more helpful for you Mm -hmm. Uh, but this is definitely and this and therapy is definitely not like trying to fix you Mm -hmm. yeah so okay i did I'm kind of out of time. Mm-hmm. I think we covered, to be honest, like every question that I got. Um, oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, I th- we really did. There's, um, yeah, almost every single question we covered with. I mean, we might not have ex- said it explicitly perfectly, but um, obviously, there's more conversation to be had about this. And um, I would say if this, if you have more questions or. Um, you realize that like, this is something that you like, reach out to somebody. Mm -hmm. And this podcast is designed to be a starting point for a lot of you guys. And so if there's more you want, like, again, reach out to somebody. Um, yeah, I don't really have anything else to say. Mm-mm. It's good um, to be here today. Yeah. I'm in Megan's office now. Yeah. I, we didn't even say that. This is the first time I've been in Megan's office. So, um, it's really cute. Super cute. The whole house is really cute. So, as always, thank you guys for listening. And we'll be back in two weeks. Yes. Right before Megan gets married. Yeah. See you guys. Bye. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.